Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or physician, and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Well, welcome everybody to yet another episode of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast, a timely one. It's going to be about marketing. And as we turn into a new year, marketing is going to be at the fore of everyone's mind. I'm going to be joined by Carl White, founder and CEO of the Market Advisory Group. He's going to share some of his experience and wisdom with you, give you a couple of things to think about as you turn into a new year. You know it'll be a note-taking episode, so get your pad and pen ready and brew another wonderful cup of that Mila coffee. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. And welcome, everybody, once again to the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Perrin Desports. And as I teased in the introduction, I've got a guest on the show today. Carl White is the founder and owner, chief marketing officer, chief executive officer, chief dishwasher, and probably wears a lot of other hats at the Market Advisory Group. It is a healthcare marketing agency, and they specialize in healthcare marketing. He has a wealth of experience over 20 years, multiple decades of working with solo practices, group practices around dentistry and other healthcare verticals. He's going to share a little bit of his time and his expertise with us today. Carl, thanks so much for a little bit of time. You are a busy guy. I appreciate you being on and joining me today. With pleasure, Perrin. It's an important topic, fun topic, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, you you are the expert. I know enough to be dangerous, uh, and I know enough to poke a couple of holes in some profit and loss statements when I feel like marketing isn't going well. So I'm confident <laughs> this will be a, uh, a a good discussion. Let me. Uh, I mean, I kind of gave a brief intro of you um, as as we started the show, obviously. But for our audience that um, is not aware of you and and uh, your agency in Chicago. Give us a little bit of background of Market Advisory Group and a little bit of your background, too, just to get the ball rolling here. Yeah, sure. So, uh, right. So we're a healthcare marketing agency. Our niche is private practices, uh, whether it's single or group. Uh, we love them all. As long as they own the practice and they want to grow, we can help. Personally, I've been doing marketing and healthcare forever. I've had since I was a kid. You know, there was one job that wasn't somewhere in the world of healthcare commercial or healthcare marketing. Uh, my family had a family pharmacy growing up when independent pharmacies were still a thing. So I worked in there, you name it, I did it. And just, you know, it's sort of, it, uh, by osmosis or, you know, just sort of, it, it, you marinated it long enough and it starts to sink in, uh, you know, and you watch, I watch my father walking in the house, nine o'clock every night, just dead dog tired. It's, it's just, you can't help, but, you know, root for the independent guy, even before I knew what was going on. Um, I worked in large corporate America healthcare, Baxter, probably many listeners of, it's funny, my joke about Baxter is if you're in the intensive care unit, you're surrounded by Baxter products, but you're also unconscious. And so you don't really know, but you're surrounded by them. And, and so, and then there are in other areas as well, but that was marketing and healthcare, uh, a specialty, much more niche company called Hollister. Um, if you know them, you know them, but also marketing and healthcare. And then I just decided, you know what, I want to kind of get back to my roots. 
corporate America kind of ran its course for me. And for the past almost seven years now, I've been doing market advisory group, trying to grow it, trying to help more and more private practices. Um, like you, we have a podcast called Practice Care, similar mission um, to you and to, and to us. And so it's really all about trying to help private practices grow. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when I'm not working, uh, there's a family, there's that whole life. Uh, and my joke is, you know, between work life and family life, it's time to go to bed. So uh, the, days go, <laughs> the days go fast. <laughs> Certainly do. Certainly. Later today, I'm going to go throw a baseball with my son. He's, uh, he's, he's a pitcher on the high school team and it never ends. And so... It's 12 degrees outside here in Chicago, and we're going to go stand outside and throw a baseball. Oh yes. wow, that's uh, <laughs> that that that's not um, that, that's not in the job. That's in the job duties to be form, uh, performed elsewhere, right? Yes, <laughs> um, yes, it's an endless description. Yes, <laughs> I can uh, I can relate to you from the corporate America background uh, to working with entrepreneurs and the people who are who are literally getting their hands dirty doing the work and how rewarding and fulfilling that is. It's love to it, it's lovely to see you know the um when you're able to to work with somebody to help them create uh things that are bigger outcomes than what they could do on their own i mean we get paid for what we do don't get me wrong but at the same time there's a high high level of fulfillment and i I can get paid to do lots of things so this feels much better yeah yeah and and neither of us want to go back i like to tell people i'm broken i'm unemployable and could never work in a corporate setting again so yeah that's the term we are there you go (laughs) there you go so let's uh let's shift gears and talk a little tactics real quick so, um, Carl, share with our audience um, how you know how you work with clients. Um, a, a little bit of what makes y'all different, what makes you effective. You know, somewhat of the secret sauce of the business. Uh, let's dig okay. into some of that. Yeah. So, how we work with clients. The, the background of the answer is if you if marketing is going to work, no matter what it is, you have to do it consistently and you have to do it over time. Uh, and so what that translates into is that we work on a retainer basis. Uh, when we're when we're at the prospective client stage, we do kind of a deep dive analysis. What's the goal? What's the challenge? What are the what's the sort of competitive environment that you know you group practice X work in? And then we come back with a really, really detailed proposal. Here's what's in the proposed marketing plan. Here's why everything is in it. Here's the rationale. Here's how it rolls out. Here's what's going to cost. You know, do you want to go? Uh, and when they say yes, then we put it all into place and we run that plan religiously every month because it's got to be done consistently if it's really going to work. Stop, start, stop, start is one of the worst things. If you think uh, you're going to be more stop, start, stop, start, or you're not sure you can do it consistently, then I, I highly you know, encourage you to think, should we even start it? Because it just takes time for things to work uh, and to keep working. And if you're going to be stop, start, stop, start, think twice. Um, and so that's how we work with clients. And no two plans are the same. We've got a bunch of clients that are on a single service, how to get more reviews from your happy patients. Um, it's not a new thing, but it's still an important thing. All the way up to, we're doing pretty much all of their, we do a lot of online work. We don't do much offline. When we do, we, we bring in kind of partners who, who specialize in that. So it's a lot of online work. Um, and so all the way up to, you know, pretty much, you know, everything online website and, and a lot of content, a lot of social, a lot of email, a few other things, all into all into a plan. Um, what makes us different is that, so it's, we are really niched into private practices. So you take my background, 
between independent business, all the experience doing marketing and healthcare. Um, we do it very systematically. A lot of people say that, but there's really a couple of parts to a system that have that have to be true to really call it a legit system. Um, the first one is you have to have good ideas. And there's a lot of people out there that have good ideas. What should be in that plan? But then they never get anything done, right? They're the idea people, but nothing really gets off the ground. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there's people who are awesome implementers, but they don't know what to do. They need to be told what to do. They don't have the ideas. And so when you can put both together, good ideas into a plan that's executed, it's on time, it's on budget, there's priorities, there's communication. Now you've got yourself a system. And that's what we really pride ourselves on. We, we've uh, licensed into a system through an organization called Duct Tape Marketing. I kind of knew it coming from large corporate, but they package it up really nicely for use with small and mid-sized businesses, including boatloads of, of healthcare practices. That's that's who we use it with. And so that's another part. I don't see that everybody out there, my competitors are very systematic. And another part is we are HIPAA compliant. So we are a HIPAA compliant healthcare marketing agency. Marketing and HIPAA can overlap. And at least if my client base, base is any indication, they just didn't think of it. It was just kind of a blind spot. And there's data that I can get exposed, we, I, we can get exposed to. Um, and if it's if I'm not seeing that in a HIPAA compliant setup between the, the physician's practice, which is the covered entity, and us who's the business associate, and it's not HIPAA compliant. And even if nothing bad happens, you, the covered entity, can be, you know, can be fined for that if you just haven't even set it up. So we're prepared to set that up uh, if the if the practice, if the client is not. And then off we go. We only use HIPAA compliant tools. We've got policies and procedures. We can say we, you know, we meet the standards. Um, I know a lot of marketing agents out there, agencies out there that have a couple of psychiatric practices, a couple of chiros, and this and that. And they're not HIPAA compliant, and nobody's nobody's the wiser. And I mean that in kind of a negative way. And so you're just taking some risk. You're taking some risk that you don't need to take. Um, but again, my clients just weren't aware of it when I brought it up to them. So when you put that together, the experience, systematic marketing, HIPAA compliant, that combination, the bet that I've placed is that's pretty rare. And so um, and, and so that's kind of what sets us apart. That's what I seek to set us apart. Excellent. Our, our audience is um, uh, <laughs> execution-oriented and data-driven, typically. Um, and, mm -hmm. and we are, as a you know, consulting, educational, and sell-side advisory firm as well, uh, so you know when you when you talk about how uh, interconnected those that systematic approach is, that's kind of music to to all of our collective ears, those in yeah. the audience as as well as myself. Um, one question I would have for you, um, you know, when you mentioned you work with traditional solo practices and as well as uh, doctor led groups, which is the, the core of our audience. Yeah, you know, as marketing is kind of a um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, the application of marketing, um, people approach in a lot of different ways. You mentioned the stop-start aspect of it, and, mm -hmm. and we see that as well. And and I think that I think the root cause of that is is usually whoever is supposed to be responsible for marketing on the the uh, practice or the group's team either turns over or it's a an ancillary role. They're predominantly supposed to be doing one thing. And oh, by the way, can you pick up our social media posting as yeah. you're in all yeah, your spare funny. time, right? Yeah. yeah. So, it, which is a recipe for disaster. Um, yeah. When when y'all work with a client, do you find that? Um, people have 
a dedicated person in that business that you work alongside to to help manage the process to to execute the um the deliverable or is it something where you were almost like a uh, an outsourced CMO, for lack of a better term. Describe more, like kind of what the relationship is. There. Yeah, so we're more on the outsourced side. For all of our clients, we do need a little bit of involvement. For example, um, we tend to do a good amount of blogging with clients. Blogging has a lot of value to educate your target audience. It makes Google very happy. But, you know, we are not, I'll take a, a, an example of a client, pediatrics practice. They're a group, two offices, a bunch of doctors. Uh, we get the blogs written, but we're not pediatricians. And so we, we, we need them to review it for clinical accuracy and also fit with practice. And what that means is every once in a blue moon, we'll talk about some, you know, some new treatment that sounds interesting. And sometimes they'll say, please take it out. We just, we don't offer that yet. We're still watching that one. The jury's out. Cool. We would never know that. So we need that kind of involvement. Um, I So the review side, yes. I, I will say, and I say this, whenever a client says we have somebody doing X, my standard response is, we don't get territorial at all. The only thing we ask for is that it gets done regularly on schedule. And so if person X is going to be the one to, I don't know, they're going to keep posting on social, that's fine. They just got to meet the standard because that's why you brought us in. You want things to get better. And part of the, one of the ingredients of things getting better is that it's done consistently, just like I said before. And so if person X and the thing, just like you said, what's the first thing to go when you take a, a full-time person who's already full-time with work and you say, by the way, do our social media. And that's all they ever get. The first thing to go is social media. And it's never found. And there's a very good reason why it goes. Uh, but then it goes, it doesn't get done. And so, um, we tend to be more overall on the outsource side, but we do need that kind of involvement. Yep, make, makes perfect sense. Um, while we're in the in the vein of just hammering uh, excessive negativity on this show, let's talk about the biggest <laughs> mistakes that that people make in marketing. Because I think you know you, you can you can spend a lot of money in marketing, right? And and uh, we see it on profit and loss statements and and. Um, I think for a growing group that that has a healthy uh, volume of of new patients per month per doctor, uh, mm -hmm. and the target that we usually shoot for is between twenty and forty uh, per per month per um, uh, full time dentist. Um, you know the the percentage of their gross revenue that they're spending is is probably in the three to five percent range. Now mm -hmm. I've seen it as high as nine to ten percent. I've seen it as effectively zero. Um, and and those are I don't think either one of those answers are are right. The ten percent probably doesn't know where they're spending money, where it's going, what the ROI is, or what metrics they should be tracking. They're just spending more on it. And the person who's yeah. spending effectively zero um, is is living dangerously. I'll say. Yeah. Um, so you know, beyond just the 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 bucket of money that people are are wasting, how do you? What are some of the things that you? You, that you see most often, at least, that are, are mistakes that are fundamentals that people make uh, in their marketing approach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a, a comment on the nine to ten percent. That only makes sense maybe in a shorter term if you're launching something new. Yeah, yeah. Or you're at a certain like super hyper growth stage, and that's not like that's not your long term cruising rate. That's the we got to get over a hump and really 
make an impact. Yeah. Um, yeah, a few mistakes I see. First is, is not having a goal, right? So when marketing is, when there's a spend in isolation of a goal, of an outcome of some kind, it's going to seem like a cost and it's going to be tried, it's going to try to be minimized. We all do that. That's a natural instinct. But when you say, you know, a goal of 20 to 40 a month, we can work with that, right? Um, if you can translate into some kind of dollar value, then you could do that ratio and say, all right, does this spend, does it make sense quantitatively? Does it make sense? Does it pass the, you know, the gut feel test? Um, but there's some, you know, how fast and how much do you want to grow? That's a common question. And not so uncommon answers. I'm not exactly sure. We just need more. And <laughs> so I file that away and I say, and I, I mean, what, what we'll do is when we come to, to pricing, we'll say, all right, what's, what's the dollar value of a new patient worth over, over, the, over the, the relevant time period? It's the first year or whatever. And we try to use that as a comparator when we're pricing things out. Don't go crazy, ridiculous compared to that, um, either low or high. Um, so that's one. you got to have a goal, right? And uh, that's a big one. Another one is what I'll call just like the core difference. Patients have choices. You are you, whoever you are listening, you are rarely the only option in your area for the patients who you would like to choose you. So what's different and better about? Uh, and, and in a way that hits the target patients real problem. Uh, an example of something I see that's a that's a, a bad implementation of this. You go to the website, you're on the home page on the top, and they talk about themselves. I'm the greatest doctor. I have boatloads of experience. That's great. Nobody cares about you yet. Uh, I saw one recently. They said uh, right on the right on the home page, um, we are we are the dentist for Miss and I won't say the state. And it's it's the dentist with you know Miss State and maybe Miss Runner Up because there were three or four of them. And it's funny. I showed that to my wife, and she's like, "Well, I don't want to be Miss. You know, I just I just want healthy teeth." So it's all about them, or it misses the mark and it confuses people. And because there's so many choices, they're just going to keep looking. That's just you got about six sentences, six sentences six seconds of attention span. So what's different and better about you? Um, if you don't have one, you got to create one that's relevant to your target audience that your competition does not do. So not really understanding your competition, another big one. Stop, start, stop, start, I hit. No plan. You know, I, I think I kind of covered that one with, with talking earlier. Specific to group practices, you know, something that I'm always on the lookout for and something that I see sometimes is with a group practice, let's say you've got, you know, three offices, A, B, and C. There are certain, I'll call it marketing operational things that are done that the more you can standardize them and do them the same way across offices, you've got leverage, you've got learnings, you've got cost efficiency. And if say office A figures out, you know, some way to do this process better, offices B and C can benefit from it. Um, the, the alternative is that everybody, it's very individualized, right? Everybody does it their own way. And there's just, you can't train on that. There's no synergy. There's no leverage. There's no none of the things. And why? You know, if there's some compelling reason why uh, new patient intake has to be done differently in Office C, okay, fine. But other than that, why? Why should it be? It, it should just be the same every time. Or you know, the the how you collect reviews from patients. That's something we get involved with a lot. Why not just do it the same way? Unless there's some compelling reason for Office C or whatever not to. Then if Office A figures out a better way or needs some help because they can't figure it out, staff from B and C can help them because you're all using the same system and trying to do it the same way. So leverage um, any kind of operational process, marketing or otherwise, that can be done the same way it just ought to be. And sometimes I see it's not that there's no battles, but it's just nobody's talking about 
Yeah. You know, I just, I just see, it's just like, it's this glaring and it's funny, you know, when you see it, so then they acquire office D and office D's got their own way. You know, you got to bring them into the fold. You used to do, you used to collect reviews this way. We don't do it that way here. We do it this way. And so you're gonna have to make some change where we can help you. And they let them be, and just, you lose all the, uh, uh, on top of probably a bunch of other problems that I haven't even mentioned, <laughs> but why would you do something different unless there's a compelling reason to? Yeah, you're kind of scaling insanity at that point, right? Right, there um, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, we we see that occasionally as well, um, uh, you know, where, where people aren't gaining the real synergies um, and the benefit of, of having uh, multiple practices to figure out best practices. And, yeah. and, and I think that's, that's a, that, that should be low hanging fruit in terms of course correction for yeah. sure. And it's work, it's work to standardize, but once it's done, it's just, it's just so much better. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and easier. I mean, easy. Uh, yeah. Easier. Well, that's part of the reason why. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's, let's stay kind of in that similar train of thought. And for people who, who are, uh, committed to marketing and, and, and spending money and trying to evaluate processes and the interconnectivity of them. Some of the things you touched on up this point, how do they know if it's working? Like, how, you know, I'm spending a lot. I think I'm getting enough new patients, but you mentioned like having a goal, sometimes mm -hmm. a marketing goal, it's it success can be cloudy, right? Like, how do you know if it's working? I mean, we ultimately, we go to, uh, we look at new leads. So I can log into my client's websites. Every website's got a contact form. And many of those contacts that people who found them online fill out is, you know, um, would like to talk to you about this type of work or that type of work. So that's a lead, right? Does it close? I don't know. That's out of my, uh, that's, that's, we're not responsible for that, but those are leads. And so I, I log it. We, we count them. We just count them for, uh, we agree up front. We say, all right, we're, we're, we're changing up marketing. We're beefing it up. So can we agree that uh, if a prospective patient says, I found you on Google, because we'll create a little simple drop-down menu, that that gets credit to us. If it's any other source, you know, referral, whatever, we can't claim that, but we can claim the Google ones. Yes, we can claim that. Okay, fine. So we'll count those. We've had, uh, we had one client where we were uh, doing call tracking. So you set up a different phone number um, and I would listen to the phone calls. And anybody, because remember, we're HIPAA compliant, so we can do that. We have that relationship. And anybody who said, yeah, I found you on Google, because a lot of people call, they don't fill out a form on a website. We count that to us. And we report that for our clients, uh, certainly for our bigger ones. We have a meeting every month, and this is where we start. How do the numbers go? And you know, those are indicative of sales. That's like the lagging indicator, right? So we look at that first, and then we'll look at all the visibility, which ought to be growing. How many people came to the website? How long did they stay? Are they going to a lot of pages? How about your Google listing? How was exposure on social? How the newsletter do? Any new reviews? And you look at it collectively and you say, how are our keyword rankings? Are we climbing? Are we holding? What's going on? And there's some bounciness in some of these things and Google changes the algorithm and you know you just kind of strap yourself in and recover afterwards. But these are the things that we look at. And so when we start with a client, you know, in the early months, um, it's a lot of visibility and maybe not as much on the leads, but then the leads, you know, they need to start coming in. Um, and if they're not, then that's how we can look at it and say, we've had a couple of clients where we've done this. We said, you know, I don't think it's working. So let's see what we can change. Or maybe we should, we shouldn't, you know, for the most part, knock on wood, 90%, it does. 
uh, but every once in a while. But that's how, you know, that's how it's. Yeah, I mean, it's cloudy, I think, because you see all the visibility metrics. And wow, we got 16 likes on our Facebook post last month. That's awesome. Good for you. Does it ring the cash register, as a buddy of mine says? Well, that's why we look at the content. We've got one client where we will look at the new patient registrations every month at the end of the month. I go in and I look at, I sift through a couple hundred of them. And I'm looking for who said Google. And I say, here we go. We got 30 patients last month strictly on Google. And it's their new patient registration. It's clean cut as it gets. But that's how we do it. And, and um, I, I encourage, somebody's got to be watching this. Some of my clients who are sort of better organized, uh, where we're not recording phone calls, they they have a habit. They will ask, "How'd you find us?" And so they know for the for where we do not have visibility, um, that's how we kind of get a bigger picture. Yeah, and I think that's a very collaborative approach to to take with the client too, because they have to have some type of an active role with that. And and I I know when I take calls from prospective clients, you know. Um, for the first time, I'll ask them, how'd you hear about us? Because yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious in today's world. I mean, I've, heck, we got a podcast. We're recording one right now. We write a lot of content. I speak from the stage, you know, but oh. somebody will say, well, actually, you know, a current or former client, Dr. John Smith referred me to you because X, Y, and Z. And, you know, those, yeah. those are, those are things that, that don't scale, for one, mm-hmm. I mean, I would love it if they they would, but they don't, you know. And and so it's always important to know in a high touch business like a healthcare practice or a consulting business like I have and you have, it's important to know how people find you and what what gives them the confidence to reach out to you. Right. And yes, it is true. Some people might be inaccurate, right? Maybe they may misreported. It's true. There's some measurement error, but that's true no matter what. Yeah. person who, when you know when you when they when they called you i found you on google that might have been touch number four for all we yeah. know or all they know but you know that error kind of over time um if if the number they can't all be wrong right and so uh, we sort of say with you know within this imperfect it's human behavior human memory it's not a clinical study and so uh we sort of accept this as um you know as we're just going to take it as given Yep. So, uh, Carl, we've covered a, a lot of ground today, which is great. And I knew we would. Y'all are a really buttoned up agency. And, and you know, I think uh, before we started recording the show today, I was asking you about seasonality or even cyclicality of your business. And, and your comment was, no, I mean, they, we, we have clients onboarding, you know, every week of the year. So, so it's not like it, it kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah. I, it, I always use the, the turnover of the calendar year as a, an opportunity to, to take a beat and evaluate um, the year at hand, what went well, what didn't, and then kind of what I want to have happen and what my expectations are in the, in the coming year. And and I think a lot of our, uh, a lot of this audience does that too. So for those that are, that are, you know, wanting to evaluate their business holistically, marketing has to be a component to it. Um, and, you know, if the marketing approach that they're using isn't working, that's kind of obvious. But for others that may be listening today and they're they're contemplating a, either a second opinion or um, a different approach or trying to to try something that will yield a greater outcome, how do mm-hmm. how do they 
you know, what are some of the questions that they should be asking themselves from, from your lens to kind of, to kind of self-diagnose before they reach out to somebody like you? What are, what are some of the, the thought processes and mindsets they should have to, um, yeah. to look into next year? Yeah. I mean, okay. So in, in somewhat particular order, I mean, there's a couple of questions that I ask, uh, when it seems like prospective client X maybe isn't quite sure kind of what we're talking about here. First question is, are you happy with business as it is? And that's like a one to five, you know, one is nope, it's got to change. And five is, yeah, you know what, if it just continued like this, we'd, we'd be funding. Uh, and then the second question is, and are you confident enough for whatever that is for you that it's going to continue? And if the answer to those questions is more or less, yeah, we're happy and yeah, we're confident, you don't necessarily need to change anything, right? You can be much choosier if you still think you need to, but really dig into that question. There's like a flash reaction and then a deeper reaction. And if you're in a group practice, you're going to have likely some partners. In that scenario, you you all need to agree on that point of view, right? If there's if if partners disagree on something like that, and then money's going to go out the door towards marketing, there's going to be friction down the road. It's just going to get in the way. So you should all be of the same mind of that. Um, when it comes to spending money, so I asked earlier, you know, what's the dollar value of a typical new patient that we want to get more? That is a remarkably, I have found a really really good. Uh, way to think about, all right, if we got 10 more a month, let's say, or 20 more a month, and then you spend some small percentage to try to get them, then you're 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 kind of there, right? So let's say it's we got 10 a month. It, it meant we would need to spend around, you know, two grand, or we could spend as much as two grand a month to to hit that percentage. Again, partners, are we comfortable with that for maybe six to 12 months or something like that. And that would be, you know, it would suck if we got nothing out of it, but we're okay risking that kind of money. I don't mean risk in a negative way, but there's no guarantee with marketing. Um, are we okay with that? And then, yes, yes, we're all around. Are we really sure? Yes, yes. Okay, let's go find somebody. There's a lot of things. One, just one part about you know one characteristic of, of who you hire. Um, look at the payment terms. And what I mean by that is there are some agencies out there that say, you got to sign up with us for a year and you're stuck for the year. You can leave early if you want, but you still owe us all the money. Um, we just had a, we have a client now where we're finishing up, we finished up the website. They, we needed to uh, finish everything before their term renewed because it would have renewed for a year and they're kind of in jail for a year. We're month to month. You know, We ask for the year, but we also have a 30 day out clause and that's always the one that's gonna win because we don't like jail, we're not hostage takers, <laughs> but we also wanna know you're in it to win it. That's why we ask for the year that you're not. and and. It's sort of symbolic, but it, you know, it makes me feel good <laughs> when I, you know, and, and we hope it does work. So check that too, because if you're saying, you know, we should, we, we're willing to give this a shot for six months. And with most marketing initiatives, you should, depending on how competitive and how populated, that's not a bad time frame to say, is this thing working? We've really poured in. We've done what they've asked us to do. They seem to be doing what they're doing. Um, and, but if you're stuck for a year, because that's what you signed, then you can stop after six months, but you still owe the other six anyway. And that wasn't the plan. So I'm telling you, check that out because uh, there's there's a, and I get why some agencies do it. Um, doesn't mean that you have to sign up with them. So make sure you check that out. So be ready with the mindset. Are we really, do we really think we need to change something? What's the amount of money that we'd be willing to, you know, and how long? And then let's go. And then, you know, the last part is, um, if, you know, hopefully it would work, but let's say it didn't, 
then learn from that experience so that if you ever try it again, you can say, you know, last time we did this, it didn't work because, and not, don't say it'll never work again, but it didn't work because if we're going to try it again, let's make sure that the conditions we do it differently because we want to learn from that. At least you got some value out of it. That's not why you do it, obviously, but you can, you know, extract something out of it if it really doesn't work. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Um, very, very good stuff. Uh, you know, marketing, uh, it is an art and it is part science, as we like to say. Um, yeah. But a lot of people kind of kind of also view it as um, uh, a black box at times, you know, and sometimes that black box is a money pit and sometimes it's Pandora's box and there are a lot of gifts that come out of it. So, yeah, um, you know, one other just one other quick point. We've yeah. been talking with the assumption that we're talking about getting new patients, you know, from strangers to patients. But don't ignore the patient population you already have. Uh, and depending on the type of practice, could they benefit from other services they're just not using? Are you really reminding them if they're supposed to come back periodically? Are they? Uh, if they could use a reminder, maybe they should come back every, I don't know, a couple of years or something. Whatever that cadence might be, are you really reminding them? That's marketing too. You know, we think of marketing as just getting new people in. No, marketing is about growing a profitable business. And that can certainly come from patients that you already have. Don't lose sight of that also. That could be really, dentists have that down, I feel like. I can't speak to many others, not not in a doubting way, but just in a visibility way. But I get six texts before my next cleaning and I like them. You know, that's a simple example of the people who already know, like, and trust you, keep them and just make sure that clinically appropriately that they're coming back when they should. Yep. Yep. There's an old adage in the, the world of sales that says your best pro prospect is your current customer. Yes. You know, and that's uh, that's equally applicable in a in a healthcare services yeah. environment. Yeah. Carl White, this has been uh, a tour de force. Thank you very much for some time today. Our audience is is definitely better for it. I learned a couple of things myself and um, uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to be on with us. Give us a, a real quick uh, synopsis on where our audience can find you. Um, uh, and I'll let you um, state the name of your podcast again, Practice Care. Um, but yeah. which, I, which I will be appearing on in, in some time yes. in the not too distant future, but let our audience know where they can find you. Yeah. So the name of the company is Market Advisory Group. I know it's a mouthful, but Market, M-A-R-K-E-T, V as in Victor, I-S-O-R-Y, group.com. That's where you'll find how to contact us, everything about us. Um, practice Care, right? It's the name of the podcast. Every week, we're on all the major platforms. We're easy to find. Just search Practice Care, one word. And uh, you'll see all the episodes and in a couple of months, you'll see parents on there as well. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. That's uh, that's what we like to hear. Thank you once again for your time. This is uh, it's been a great conversation. I look forward to uh, the next one uh, at some point in the not too distant future as well. So hopefully we'll have you back. Same. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. It's been my pleasure. And for all the others in our audience, stick around for uh, for a few additional thoughts and I will wrap up the show. And sincere thanks to Carl White, the Market Advisory Group, for joining me on the show today. That was a, a great discussion with him, and I hope that y'all got a lot out of it and are, give you some things to think about as we turn into the 
turn into the new year, I know a lot of you go through strategic planning sessions and just a general evaluation of yourselves as entrepreneurs and the businesses that you have and, and where they are in terms of the business that is in motion. I wanted to wrap up today's show with um, two things. One, uh, a Catalyst project update. Gotten a lot of inquiries about that. We obviously, I mentioned it on a, a podcast or maybe I've mentioned it on two podcasts, the last two, I guess. Uh, and we sent out um, something in our November newsletter and we sent out an email uh, at the beginning part of December there, as of the recording of this, which is uh, December 13th, 10 out of 15 seats are uh, are filled. So that was a great response. Um, and I know that there are a number of other people who are uh, hoping to, to be able to join us. Um, I do expect that to sell out. So if you're interested in it, um, please uh, click the link and um, register for the course. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m., which will be the teaching component of it, and then Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, and that'll be the free-for-all and, and discussion where, where kind of the magic happens, which is a lot of fun for me. It's six weeks in length, starts on, uh, I think it's Friday February the 2nd, if that's what that is, uh, and it'll run six weeks to, I don't know, call it mid-March or something like that. There'll be some other educational opportunities beyond that, but I'm not prepared to announce those yet today. Um, but Catalyst, um, oh, by the way, the sessions will be recorded. There are a number of y'all, especially on the West Coast, uh, that have a little bit of a time conflict, um, maybe some in the mountain zone too, uh, with what would be 4 p.m. or 5 p.m., 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 5 p.m., mountain uh, and finishing up with patients. Hopefully you'll be able to jump in without too much delay, but all of the sessions will be recorded for playback. Whether you miss a session or you want to go back and and uh, re-watch or re-listen to something, you'll have access to, uh, to all of that. And it'll be, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know all the students who have enrolled so far and it's going to be a dynamic group. So personally, I'm looking forward to it. And um, this is sort of a, a new muscle I get to flex, if you will. Uh, and and it, it should be a, a ton of fun. So hopefully you'll consider joining a second announcement for you that I can't give too much detail on yet. Um, but you will probably be getting a lot of detail in relatively short order. And that is that we are going to be hosting our second annual Building Your Enterprise Platform Conference. And the dates, I think, are going to be um, Wednesday, April the 24th through Friday, April the 27th. Uh, and it is going to be in lovely San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yes, uh, at La Concha, uh, La Conchera, um, I think is the name of the resort there, um, which looks absolutely beautiful and especially in April. So we're excited about this. I'm not going to give you all the details yet, but I'm going to tease it on the podcast because I've gotten a number of inquiries from people about, uh, are you going to host a spring conference? And so the answer is yes. Uh, we've been looking forward to this and just haven't had enough detail, but I can give you those details for those who want to block things off on the calendar. I can also tell you that this resort is smaller in nature and there are going to be um, uh, tighter limitations on the headcount uh, that we will be able to have with us down there. Uh, in years past, we had bigger facilities with bigger ballrooms and we could kind of, you know, push the push the envelope uh, when we had more people enroll in it. This one won't be that. So if you are interested in joining us for building your enterprise platform, this will be a conference that is more 
um, I, I'd say oriented or the subject matter is targeted at those that are maybe in the five to 50 locations. They've already committed to the journey of building a group practice. Um, and they're at that decision point of how big do I want to build it? Do do I want to centralize operations? Do I want to build a call center? What about doctor development? What you know? How do I really put together a doctor development program? What about a, a hiring a professional C-suite uh, team? When do I do that? How do I do it? Um, there'll be a lot of other things beyond that. Probably some around marketing as well. Um, but for those that are they're looking to um, access that type of content that's at a different level than a lot of what the um, run of the mill DSO conferences are, building your enterprise platform will be all for you. Uh, and that is going to be, again, Wednesday, uh, April the 24th through Friday, April the 27th in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'll drip more information out about this um, in the weeks to come, but I wanted to give y'all uh, the opportunity to to block off some things as you're planning your um, uh, first half of 2024. We'd love to have you with us. Uh, and I think that will be a, a wonderful venue too. So appreciate everyone um, for all the the compliments we get on the podcast, all of our content, and the the nice words of praise that y'all are very um, willing to share on our behalf. It means so much. We, we do work pretty hard on it, um, and uh, I, I'm grateful for it. This has been a really uh, fun year. It's been a, a very challenging year uh, in a lot of ways, and it's been a year of personal and professional growth for me and the entire team here at Polaris. And we're grateful to have y'all along the ride. And I think 2024 is going to be an epic year in a lot of ways for our company and our industry. And I look forward to sharing some thoughts with you on that uh, as we turn into the new year. Thank you so much for being a listener and a subscriber. We'll see you on the next episode.